Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Um, so today, the title of this message is Local Church People. Local Church People. And I hope that video spoke to you. We've, we've over, the, over the last few years um, since we've been ministering to the church, we've ministered quite a few messages on belonging. And we've always maintained that the doors of this church will always be open to all who walk through them. Once they, <laughs> once they get in here, it's up to the Holy Spirit. He does the work in people's lives. Um, and we help as much as we can. So we're here to to um, welcome people. You know, um, I never forget my mom telling, re- recounting this story to friends that she was with one time. And um, they were in company somewhere, and I think people, someone asked her, so kind of like, what, what are you all about? You know, what are you, where are you from? What do you do? All of that kind of thing. Because, you know, how many of you know that so many times people are trying to locate you who are you? What are you all about? Where do you come from? What's your thing? And my mom simply said to them, we're just local church people. We just, we're so, we're, we're so invested in just the local church, planting it and making it grow. And that's really, that was it. And so people are looking for all sorts of things, but wherever you go, you have a heart for the local church. You know, um, and so we have a heart for our local church here, um, and we are invested into other local churches that we're in network w- relationship with in other places. But it's really about um, having a heart for the local church. This is where this is this is where you belong. If you've chosen to belong, then you you're, you then you belong very much. <laughs> That's terrible English, but you belong very much. And uh, so, um, you know, we, we, we encourage you all to make a, make a tie, tie yourself into the local church. In fact, I think that's what some denomin- denominational churches used to call it. You put your lines into the church. It's like your, your tie, you tie into the church. Because God wants us to be, to stick around for each other. Um, and not, not to be transitional. We can, I know that there are seasons, sometimes we'll go and we'll be on holiday, we'll visit, we'll do this, we'll do that. But God says, this is your local church, I planted you here. Please stay here, do your work here, be equipped here, we'll send you out from here. And we're so blessed this morning to have people that have come to join us for a season. Um, we're blessed to have the, the, the young people from the base. And we're just thankful for everyone that would come here on a Sunday to be a part of a family, but to hear the word as well, amen. So I want to read. I want to read to you from Ephesians four, verse one to six, and there's a. This is really a call to unity, and it says there, "I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love." Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and He's in you all. Amen? This is this call to unity, calling us to unity, to bear with one another. That's a, that's a stern test sometimes. And I want to I wanna kind of kick off this message here, and I'm giving credit to Francis this morning because I kind of pinched some of your notes from Friday. Um, she, Francis is talking about the Gospel of John, and I noticed it, said, it says there, keep on following him because whenever you follow him, he'll supply your needs whilst you follow. So wherever he is, he's going to supply your needs. Wherever, and the, the, the example was the, on the hillside where the people came to sit in the presence of Jesus they didn't go without. He, he recognized their hunger, and the miracle took place, and he fed all of those people. And I want to say that our needs, our needs are met when we sit in his presence, when we choose to sit in his presence, when we choose to come to church, when we choose to be a part of a local body, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Amen. And so whenever we choose to come to church, our needs are met. Choice is a very powerful action. And choice is the difference between success and failure. Choice is the difference between life and death. Isn't it? Now, I, I understand that many people have many different views and opinions about all sorts of things relating to theology, doctrine, the end times, what God's plan is for the local church, etc. But I, 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 I feel quite secure. Until the Holy Spirit reveals something different to me, I'm very secure in what I believe. I don't believe in predestination, for example. Amen? I believe that God permits us the ability to make choices. But with the freedom to make a choice comes the responsibility to bear the consequences of the choice that we make, whether it's a good choice or a bad choice. I thank God that he's given, that he's, he's been so liberal to, like that with us. David, you make your choice. I think the Bible says somewhere, forget the scripture, it says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose what you want. You choose. And so, even knowing this, all right, Jesus still walked the shores in Galilee and went to different places, and he asked men to follow him. Amen? They were not compelled to. He didn't get them in an arm lock or a headlock. He didn't bribe them with money. He didn't coerce them. He didn't do any of those things. They were not manipulated. There was just something about Jesus that enabled them to make a choice and to immediately lay down their nets and follow him. Amen. They sacrificed their livelihoods. They sacrificed everything that was familiar to them at the word of one man. And they just met him, <laughs> Jesus. At the word of one man, they laid everything down. And I think you remember last week where our message was on holding nothing back. Don't hold back. These, these men never held back. It's like, at your word, Lord, at your word. And so Jesus asked many people directly to follow him, but not all of them did. Amen? They could have, but not all of them did. And these men 
that did make that choice to follow him, they would soon discover that their purpose in life was about to change beyond their wildest dreams, beyond their imagination. It was going to change dramatically. And they were going to discover that when they took Jesus at his word, miraculous things would happen. Amen. So, you know that you remember the story when, he, when Jesus says to them, go out again, cast out your, your nets. It's like, we're, we're fishermen. We know these waters. We've been here for a long time. We know when we're done. Nonetheless, at your word, we will go out again. I can, can you imagine, actually, if you've ever seen the Chosen series, it's brilliant because you get that feeling of how the disciples say, oh, okay, let's go, come on now. Nonetheless, at your word, we will go. And we can also say nonetheless to Jesus. In other words, I'm not going to be any less advantaged than I am now if I obey your words. In fact, I'm going to be more advantaged, nonetheless. Nonetheless, at your word. And you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to be advantaged. If I listen to your word, if I obey your word, it's going to be an advantage to me. Amen? Do you believe that? It doesn't matter what age we are, what we think our reason for existing is. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, he makes all things new. And a renewal of purpose is one of those things. Because now, I can't remember pre-12 years old, but some of you maybe have come to faith in Christ a lot, you know, more recently. And I think maybe before that, either you didn't have a purpose or you didn't really know what your purpose was. So you people have these big questions in life. Well, I, you know, pre-12, I just wanted to have fun. I just wanted to play. I had, no, I, had no, I had no concept of purpose. I just had to be a child. That's, that's, that's just be, be David. Enjoy life. But then things changed into my teenage years, as, as we all do. We start to think about purpose. Amen? And a purpose is a reason for being. A purpose is a reason for existing. And everything God does has a purpose. God does, doesn't do stuff that is like random. Everything is with a purpose, amen? Everything and everyone has a reason for existing. And you have a reason for existing here this morning, amen? And so the local church has a reason for being here. The local church has a mission to accomplish there has specific objectives that Jesus has given the local church. And knowing these purposes is important for every one of us, amen, as believers. So the local church must be a biblical church. Amen. Hallelujah to that. It could be any kind of a church. So it could, couldn't it? But it must be a biblical church. It must be a gospel church, a local church, amen. It must be a, a gospel church. And I think we should always be asking ourselves, as the people who come, as local church people, are we still thinking biblically? Do we still think biblically? Amen? Is the re renewing of our minds according to Romans 12, 12 still a daily occurrence? Do we still think biblically and do we do that every day? Amen? And, you know, the law of purpose states that unless you know the purpose of a thing, 
You will probably neglect it, misuse it, or abuse it unless you know the purpose of a thing. So as an example, if I gave Lewis a penknife and I said, Lewis, I want you to go over to the woods there and cut down a big beech tree. Okay, Lewis is going to look at that knife and he says, this is not fit for purpose. You give me a penknife, man. I need, I need an axe or I need a chainsaw, you know. And, and if we pick up things in life and we don't know what the purpose of them is, if we associate ourselves, ourselves with things that we do not know the purpose of, it's likely that we'll be in ignorance, we'll neglect it, abuse it, or misuse it. Amen? And so we need to know that, that, that everything that Christ has ordained has a purpose. And I think that the reason why, and I'm not talking about about you guys here this morning. I'm taking that. I'm stealing that one from Pastor Tom. He always says that on his, when he's preaching. He says, I'm not talking about your, my church. I'm talking about everyone else. <laughs> so it's like you're getting yourself off the hook here, Pastor Tom, aren't you? That's it. You're just preparing it in advance. But I think a lot of, a lot of believers neglect the local church because they don't understand its importance in their lives. And the local church is not, is not something to be neglected. And, and it's not because people are bad. It's just because they've never fully understood the reasons that, why the local church exists. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, in the New Living Translation, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Is, are, are, we, are we kind of like in maybe in, this, in a time frame here with this? The day of his coming is drawing near. Amen. And there's a lot of people today, they've received uh, God as their father. They love Jesus. But they mistakenly, I think, pers it's my personal opinion, they think that they can grow spiritually without having any formal connection or tie into a local church. And so, and I know that this is going to be um, disagreed with probably out there because the, an independent spirit is going to be one of the signs of the end times. You know, people will, it's, everything is very self-centered and oriented. So I can, I can do all this and I can thrive spiritually and I think, you know, we know that when we go away to places, you know, whether you go on mission or whatever, we plug into wherever we go. We, we seek out the ecclesia. We go there. We be with them for that time because we draw. We, need, we still need the support and the strength. And the disciples had only one plan, one mission, and that was to form the ecclesia, to call people out and to connect them with new life in Christ. Here's your new family. You know, and it's like, you know, sometimes I kind of think sometimes, here's your, have you seen those? We, we had a family photograph taken at Disney World once. Oh my, we, us kids tried to destroy that thing. We, we looked worse than the, than the, who is it, who's that family? The, the Brady Bunch, the, the Brady Bunch were, would be great. Um, the other, the uh, National Lampoon, those guys, yeah, we, we just looked like, like super geeks, man. You know, it was like, yeah, here's, here's your new family. Oh, no, please, I'm not going to get involved in there. But, and that's sometimes, it's like, here's your new family. Okay, we're all different. 
We're all, we're all unique. Okay, I can, see, I can see a few places where I might have to have God's chisel working on me here. Can see, but here you go, here's your new family. And, you know, it's at, our, it's at our peril to reject it, to reject that, because God places us in a family, amen? So that was their, that was their mandate. There was no other organizations, no clubs, no agencies, no free agents. It's like nothing on this side. Uh, listen, we're doing this, but see if you come along on a Wednesday night at seven. We're doing this. No, everything was under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? It's like there was no wee side things going on, like a side hustle, you know. It was like everything came under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this is what I want you guys to do. You go out and you build my church. You, f- you form the ecclesia. Amen. And you do that by planting, teaching, and encouraging. And as part of that, they were, they were made to guide, guard, and govern over the people. So they began to, they began to uh, um, um, promote people to, right, you're going to lead here. You're going to do this. You're going to, you're going to wait on the people, on the widows and the orphans. You're going to do this. And so they arranged the people into these groups. Now, if you live in any of the, the kills, Kilwinning, Kilburnie, Kilbarchen, Kilmacomb, you name it, Kilmarnock, what does that mean? It means a cell. You're a, you, the, originally, they were cells. It was like um, St. Ninian, or uh, who came to Kilwinning, apparently, uh, you know, or, you know, this saint, and they formed cells like, so they, you know, we, we, ha- we understand, I believe, this concept of cells. Amen? And so that was it. Build the assembly. No one's to be excluded. No one is to be excluded. No, nobody is to be excluded. The word says that you must preach the word into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when you have, then the end will come. No one's ex- Everyone on this planet must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ before the end comes. Amen? And that's why we, we have to keep on praying and thinking missionally. Amen? Because there's people out there doing things to reach the lost and people that have never heard about Jesus. Amen? And so preach to, to the uttermost parts of the earth so everyone can be reached. Can we hasten this? Can we hasten the return of Jesus Christ? Yes, we can. By doing our part here as the local church, by doing our part here in our area, amen? And so from every ordinary person, all the way through to every outcast, criminal, thief, murderer, prostitute, every strata of society would be invited and will be invited to know Jesus, be forgiven of their sins, and become a part of the family, the family of God. Amen? And that's our, as the local church, as local church people, we need to reconcile people to God and invite them into a family. Amen? Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach it to every creature. Amen? I once heard a a saying, it never left me, it was, it's easier to obtain something than to maintain something. 
In other words, it's easier to get something than to then do the upkeep, the upkeep on it. Did you agree with that? And it's one experience that I've found to be true. And I'm not saying that it's easy to win the lost, okay? But we must never forget that after that saving moment when someone gives their life to Jesus, a believer has to develop family ties, okay? And those ties, they have to be made as strong as possible, strong enough to endure the difficult encounters that we all face in life that come along, amen? We all face them sooner or later. And so that's what we have to think about. The moment of salvation is, a, is, is, is we rejoice. But then there's a long journey after that. So to make, we're called to make disciples, not just converts. So you can win someone to Jesus, but then we need to tie them into something, a family, a local church, amen? Something like that. And I think it would help us, you know, to know our heritage and our history. Does anyone study history or anyone like history? I love history. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a book right now. I'm struggling to get to the end of it. It's called um, Man of Iron. It's about John Knox. It's a, it's a long, it's a difficult read. I think it's because of the, the, the way it's written. And it's in small print. So <laughs> I keep on going back to read things again. I'm halfway through and, you know, his life on the galleys as a slave and how he stood up to the tyrants of the time and all of this kind of stuff. It's good to go back. What is our heritage? You know, what did those before us, what did, they, what did they make provision for? What did they pave the way for us to do? Amen. And so we've got to do that in relation to our faith because remembering the relationships we've had, they, that stirs us up. When I remember like Pastor Lasselet, I remember Pastor Tom, I remember people that we're, you all will, will know people. It stirs us up because we see them. They're still working in the, in the faith, in the ministry. So if they can keep going, we can keep going. Amen? And it's important. So we've got to maintain things after, they've, after the beginning. And so we've got to also, we've got temple maintenance. And I'm not just talking about the, the building. I'm talking about temple maintenance. You know, um, a bad joke comes to mind. I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> But temp temple maintenance, and it's not just our own temple maintenance that we need to be concerned with. The, we, we have to be concerned with others' temple maintenance. And I want you to remember about um, Cain and Abel. Do you remember God asking Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? What did he say? Who am I? Am I my brother's keeper or something? You know, am I, am I my brother's keeper? We We are. We're called, we're called, you know, if you, do you know, do you know redwood trees? In a redwood forest, those trees grow to absolutely ginormous, massive sizes because of the interdependence of the root system that they have. Not independent roots, they have interdependent roots. Under the ground, they all weave together, and that provides a network of superior strength, and that allows those trees to grow tall, 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 and huge. I think one of them has a thing you can drive a car through the trunk 
of the tree. They're massive. And so, you know, we have, we have this interdependence, not independence. Amen. Go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 with me in the New Living Translation. And it says there, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, all the righteous, the saints, raise your hands. You can all do it because we're, we're, that's what the Bible calls us. Uh, you, the, we, do, do you know that you're, we're called saints? The saints, the saints at Ephesus, the saints at Corinth, the, 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 we're the saints at Kilwinning, yes. at the Bridge Church. <laughs> oh, it was always amazing to me. And I think this is where we have to be. This is where this is a sidetrack. This is a rabbit hole. The, the Satan plays on this so much. You cannot be a saint. You cannot even be holy. Yeah, I, I, in and of myself, I can't be, but we're called to holiness. Be ye holy as I am holy. Consecrate your life. Try and live a holy life. Instead of just giving up and saying, I'm, it's, it's never going to happen. I'll never manage it. Amen. And so, if an unbelief, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share one another's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help somebody, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. It's like the old uh, taking, getting taken down a peg or two. And, uh, you know, it, it re reminds me of that, of, that, um, of, the, of the, the feast, where the man comes into the feast and he goes and he seats himself at the top of the table. And then the, 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 the host has to say, I'm, I'm so sorry, sir, but this seat is reserved. Would you please move down here? Oh, my. And then someone comes in, and he sits right at the, at the tail of the table. And the host goes, and he fetches him, and he says, I have a seat prepared for you already. Please come up here to the top of the table. God's kingdom, up is down, down is up, upside down, back to front. So... This scripture here is telling us about this. Be careful, pay, sorry, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. It's, 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 a, it's a knife in the heart of so many people, young people especially these days, comparison. Comparison. How, how am I compared to him or to her? How am, I, how am I doing? Maybe if I could just be like them, I will be accepted. Amen. One day God will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You focused, you, you focused on what you had to do and what I called you to do. And when the local church functions according to God's plan, then the truth is safeguarded because that's what we have to do. The truth is that you all have a purpose in being here. And the, the local church is, is their guardians of the truth and defenders of the faith. And if this was not here, 
If the pillars of the church are removed like that, what is going to protect the truth? Amen? Nothing will. That's why the local church is here. Amen? So we've got to believe the truth, know the truth, safeguard the truth, teach it, speak it, make it known. And, and this will tie every one of us into this place. And when we meet other brothers and sisters in the Lord, it shouldn't be awkward. And son, I know sometimes it, it can be, but it shouldn't be awkward because we're designed to work as a network. We're intertwined. And we have to look at other people and say, is there a potential here to be intertwined with them? Yes, the potential exists to be intertwined. The potential exists to be connected. And we sometimes are very protective. Oh, yeah, I don't want to open, you know, once, once, you know, once hurt, yeah, I've been hurt, hurt too many times. We have, we've all been hurt in this place. We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. And Jesus says, okay, but I'm going to heal the wounds that you have. Over, you, you'll be healed. And, but stay vulnerable. Stay soft. Don't harden your heart. Because every time we're hurt, we, we've got a consoler. I'm not, I'm not moving forward in life expecting not to be hurt. I can tell you that. Because if you move forward in life expecting never to be hurt, you stay in your, just stay in your house. Offense will come. Hurts will come. Persecutions will come. Just, you know, don't stay off the bus. <laughs> Just stay, stay away. Amen. And so we, we're designed to be together. But that doesn't just happen unless we know, God, what do you want us to look like as a local church? And Paul actually wrote to the church with some very specific information for the believers. He says, I'm writing to you so that you know how to conduct yourselves, how to conduct yourselves with, when you assemble together. You know, if you look at Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, and there's homework today. Go, go home and read Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. But he writes to them there, Walk in love towards one another. Walk in love towards the saints. Walk in love to the, towards the Gentiles. However, here's the caution. Walk in love towards them, but do not partake in the things that would defile you. Don't partake in the things that are going to make you lesser. Amen? Don't, do, don't, don't partake of things that are going to alienate you from the abundant life that you have now in Jesus Christ. Paul was always mindful of creating unity. I've got I to gotta think about the bond of peace, creating unity all the time. Amen. Galatians 5.15. He actually, do you know what he says in Galatians 5.15? Has anyone here ever been bitten? I don't mean like metaphorically bitten. I mean actually bitten. As, as, as a boy, I was at a, a, at a holiday camp one time in South Africa, and I'm leaning on this ranch with these old horses, and um, a horse came up and bit me right on the soft flesh of the back of my arm. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. A bite is terrible. And here Paul uses in Galatians 5.15, he warns members of the church not to bite one another. Don't bite each other. Don't, don't, don't devour one another. Isn't that what language he uses? 
to get that message across. Amen. And so being here and us being prepared for what is to come, what is, what is coming? Does anyone know what's coming? I think God, God sometimes gives us some ideas, visions, prophecy. This is coming. Then, he, then we know what is coming. But we don't know. We don't know everything. I'd, you know, I'd be, you know, be, be lying to say that I know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just thankful for his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. I'll wake up and you do the best you can do. Amen. But the Holy Spirit is going to prepare us for what is coming. And a large part of that is going to be determined by who we identify ourselves with, where we belong. Where do you belong this morning? Who do you identify with today? Amen. Sooner or later, someone from somewhere totally different from another walk of life is going to walk right into your oikos, right into your world. Amen. And you may have no common connection, no common ground, no desire to know them or to be connected to them, but they'll come anyway. And they'll come into church and they'll come amongst you and they'll come into your workplace. They'll come into your school classroom. And we have to be ready to have relationship with people, to initiate relationship. Amen. So, the reason we're here is because we, we all want to be in the same, going in the same direction, on, on the same path. Now, I know that we all have different callings and gifts and, min- and abilities and talents, etc. but he wants us to be of one mind, going in the same direction, amen? To want to build genuine relationships with other people who love Jesus and that are personally uh, ready for the transformation that Jesus brings into their life, moving in the same direction, amen? That's not to say that we cut ourselves off from people that are not believers. We may, we we do interact with them. We take advice from them. Estate agents, lawyers, accountants, all of these different people, don't we? But he desires that intimate connections be formed with believers in the local church. Amen. And so choosing, choosing where you will be a part of Choosing to be a part of a church that is building for the future is a choice that we all need to make. Being equally yoked together is a choice that we make. Jesus, when Jesus said to the disciples, put that stuff down and come follow me, he was, he was really saying as well, come and be yoked with me. Come and be a part of what I'm doing. Amen. And so... Nowadays out there in the world, there's lots of political stuff going on. Lots of ideology, talk about equity and equality. And people are like, no, you should just give this to them, give this to them. That's fine. You know, God's kingdom is not, is not like the world's kingdom, the kingdom of the world. It's not the same. And so the more we can learn about how God intended us to function as a local body of believers, as a local church, the better. And that he does put people in our lives above us. He does. He puts you know, the fivefold ministry. He puts people to mentor and disciple you. 
Amen, doesn't he? He does, he does this for a reason. And so sometimes, you know, we can get people that are forsake the local church and they would rather have some kind of alternative system of worship and they think that that's a truer expression of what a Christian should be. But you cannot be a biblical Christian without being part of the ecclesia, without being part of a local body, without being part of God's family. And so this is a, the message I wanted to get across this morning is the importance of, what, of, of being here and of, and of being a part of this place. Amen. You have to find your place, church. You have to find your place. Hallelujah. People sometimes make decisions to operate independently from the church. And then COVID came. Amen. We moved online. But it's now social media snippets and bites and food and getting fed has pro proliferated and continues. But we can come back. Yes, we can come back. Yeah. Amen. So, let me read this to you in, in, Acts, in Acts 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals together, in communion, and to prayer. All the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had, and they worshipped together at the temple each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Amen. They had, they had this place where they would go, where they had a covering, where people cared for them, where there was leadership, where, where, where people felt safe and secure. Yes. Amen. And you, you get spirit, you know, I can be a spiritual orphan. I can, be, I can cast myself out into and think, I'm going to manage here. And I know some people say, they quote the scripture, you have no need that anyone teach you except the Holy Spirit. But I wouldn't be where I am today without mentors and teachers and people coming next to me. And I wouldn't be where I am today without people coming up to me and saying, you're wrong. I need to tell you that you're wrong. And then I had to go away and, and, and feeling, feeling offended at first and then giving time to think about it and realizing that I, am, I was wrong. This is what the local, this is all part of what we do when we're together. <laughs> We've got to get the balance right though, otherwise you'll be, you're wrong, you're always wrong. No, no, that's not, don't take pleasure in that. You will restore one another in gentleness. You always do it. So it must be the right heart and the right spirit. Amen. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll take Holy Communion. And this is where we, we, we need to remember, we are all supernaturally connected together as people. According to 1 Corinthians 10, it says, For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of one bread. Amen. We're ne we were never designed to live our, live our faith out in isolation from one another. And communion reminds us of that fact. We're not independent. Amen. We've got to humble ourselves. And we've got to understand that when we're connected to our spiritual family, it's a supernatural strength in our lives. Amen. And so 
That's why, that's why the Holy Communion, what, you, do you remember this about Holy Communion? If you stand ready to take communion and you have anything in your heart against another, don't take it. Why? First go, make right with that person. Ask for forgiveness and then come back. You know, before you, you, it says that in relation to bringing your offering, but in communion as well, we need to, we need to take communion in a worthy manner, the Bible says, and in a worthy manner, worthy of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And unforgiveness is not worthy. He died for, for our forgiveness so that we would in turn forgive others. So for us to go and to take his body and his blood and to hold that prejudice and bitterness and offense and unforgiveness is to nullify what Jesus did for us. Do you agree with that? Maybe if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> but I believe that. Yes. Amen. We've got to be in right standing with one another. Amen. So I want to encourage, encourage you. Connect. You'll discover what God, the purpose God has for you. And, and, and together we discover what the purpose for the local church is. We already mentioned some of those things today. But God is going to call us into other things in the future, I believe. Yeah. This is not a place to cage anyone, to control anyone, to manipulate anyone. This is a, a covering. And as much as we have a tiled roof above our heads, we have a spiritual covering here. Yeah. Amen. And that is important. And our high priest is Jesus Christ. He, he, and so, and everything comes, flows from the, the head down. The anointing flows from the head down the way. Amen. And I say all of this, and I, and I always say this with humility, and I hardly ever speak this way. But the, the, the scripture in Hebrews 13, concerning those that do watch over us, Keep watching over us, constantly guarding your souls and spiritual welfare. We, we, we do that. We don't take it lightly because we have to give an account for that. We have to give an account before God for that. So this is not a game. It's very serious. Amen? And so there's a lot of demonic activity. There's a lot of deception. There's all sorts of things going out there. We pray every day, Lord, open our eyes to see. Let us be discerning. Let us be able to protect the sheep. Let us be able to care for the sheep to the best of our ability. Let us be able to do these things. And whilst we do that, let us be blessed by seeing everyone connecting to each other in a supernatural way. Amen. So the, further, the, the more that we, we tend to go independent, the more we become allergic to the things that God's asked us to do, like tithe, offer, give, help, all of these things. You know, let's never become allergic to those things. And the longer that, the longer that you remain outside, the, the, the easier it is to stay there. And this place will, it will never close its doors. So if you have felt like that, or if you know someone who feels like that, please tell them there will be no judgment or condemnation. You are welcome here. Come back. Come back. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com 
and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.